Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Amen, amen. Well, um, I, I will say this, that I, I come, thank you, I come by it honestly because I thought that he was going to be gone today too, so I planned three weeks and I thought um, maybe I shouldn't leave you guys hanging and um, I should have an opportunity to finish this up. And so um, I was like, is it going to be okay if I just finish this? And um, so he was good. I will say that we solved the mystery uh, of him not texting me back. Um, so uh, apparently he did text me back, and it just never went through. So anyway, um, I guess I, I, I don't rescind my smack talk. Um, because I think that it's well-deserved um, somewhere, even if not in this case. But um, anyway, so I'm pumped, and I only have like, like 32 minutes. So um, we are going to have to rock and roll today. But I want to uh, say real quick that we have our, we're an outreach church, right? We're an outreach church, right? right you get, so we, we've gone through this every week. Like I talk, you talk back to me. Like, this is how it works, all right? We don't have to be quiet in here. You guys have to give me a little bit so I can give you more, okay? So um, the, we're an outreach church, and uh, I'm excited about being an outreach church. And every single month, we do one organized outreach. Now, I want you to be doing outreaches every week, every day. I want you to be reaching out to someone. Who did you reach out to today? Who did you bless today? Who did you uh, encourage today? What did you do out of the abundance of what God has done in your life? today to help somebody else. Um, and I believe this, that as you focus on somebody else and your problems get smaller. Amen? Praise God. Amen? So, but we're an outreach church and our organized outreach for uh, the month of May is we're going to bless our police officers uh, during law enforcement week. Now, law, you may say, well, didn't you say law enforcement week was the 12th to the 18th and then this would be like the 19th? Um, it is. But, um, we, so we have a, a custom cup that we've gotten, and um, we, uh, we put a scripture on it, and, and um, we're going to fill it with some goodies. Well, the cups didn't come in. So um, they're going to be in, shipping says Monday, I'm holding out hope for Tuesday, but we're still going to do it because I don't think that you can only bless law enforcement during law enforcement week. I think you can bless law enforcement any day. Amen. Praise God. So as soon as they come in, we're going to stuff them and then we're going to take them. Um, we have 150 officers between um, Carlsbad City Police and Eddy County Sheriff's Office. And so we will be um, distributing those this week, all right? And you can still give to that. Um, we have not brought in the entire $1,500 
um, needed to do this, and so you can still give to that, and you can designate it. Um, just uh, if you're texting, just put law enforcement. If you're writing it on an envelope, then just write law enforcement, and we'll get it to the right place. I believe that everybody needs to be involved. I have a super exciting one to announce for June um, next week, all right? But I have to make sure I get my ducks in a row. Yes. Out of retirement, yeah, for a, for a gift, yeah. So if you didn't hear him, he said that um, we have two former officers, David Snow and Steve Minch, and um, he said that they were, uh, the rumor is that they were going to come out of retirement just to get the gift, and then one day, yeah, just one day. Uh, <laughs> I know they've asked you. <laughs> Amen. Um, so we want to jump right in today, and... Um, I believe that the last couple weeks have been good. You believe me? Do you agree with me? All right. My wife is waving at me. How are you? I love you. I miss you. You're so far back there. I'm up here. I wish we were together right now. She wants me to dismiss the bridge. So if you're fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, you can be dismissed right now. Amen. I think one of the privileges of doing this is being able to say things that maybe you think are funny and then later you get in trouble. Um, so anyway, I'll probably hear about that in a little bit. But um, it just means I'm going to preach longer today so we can prolong. We've been talking about uh, all of me, and, and uh, I think this picture... We're going to try this thing one more time here in a minute when I put up my notes. Are, are the notes here or are they there? They're in the middle. We're going to try it. This screen up here, I think it has a demon or something. We're going to, I may go lay hands on it in a minute and we'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, so, uh, but we're going to try it in just a second. Um, we haven't had a service that had like all kinds of glitches in a long time. So today's the day. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, we've been talking about all of me and, and how God wants all of us. I believe that God wants 100% of us, and the reason why is because he gave 100% of himself to us. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. And we used our, our, our title scripture here, um, John 3, 16, the most famous passage in the entire Bible. If you walk down the street and you say, give me a Bible verse, then the majority of the people are going to say, John 3, 16. And I believe the reason why that is is because 100% of the Bible is encompassed in the words of John 3.16. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now we broke down that verse and we said it this way. We said, for God so loved this world that he gave the only one that was 100% completely out of him. Because he was his only son. He was the only one that was 100% out of God. And the reason why he did that is so there could be more that are out of him and that he is in. Amen? Praise God. So God gave his only begotten son, the only one that was completely out of him, so that whosoever... I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever. We all fit in that category. Whosoever has a strong, unwavering conviction that Jesus is 100% out of God and that he was given to us so that we would not 
perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him fits in that category now. We shall not be destroyed, but we will have eternal or everlasting life. I love the definition of that. Everlasting life, it means here a perpetual, never-changing, never-ending breath of fresh air for every single moment, every single day, every single trial, every single circumstance that we face forever and ever and ever. You ever feel like you're just bogged down and you can't breathe? Take a breath of fresh air because that fresh air is given to you because we believe that Jesus Christ was given to us. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So we've talked about all of us, and I've given you a long introduction, so I want to pray, and then we'll really get into it, all right? Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you that you've given us your word as a roadmap for our life. God, I thank you that you have empowered us to understand your word through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And so today, I call on the Holy Spirit inside every one of us to bring your word to life for us, that you'll reveal truth to us so that we can accept it, so that we can hold on to it and grow with it, and our life changes because of it. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, this picture right here, I believe that sometimes the best way to just go all in after God is just to do a cannonball. I mean, if we're for real, and we've talked about this the last couple weeks, and I know that you've been going about your, your week just thinking about cannonballs, right? No? I, yeah, so I think that the best way... We all like them. Maybe you're too embarrassed to do a cannonball. I don't know. Maybe you think the splash is going to be too big. I don't know. But I think the best way is to do a cannonball. Now, we've used this picture to kind of describe some of our feelings whenever we go after God. If we could go ahead and put up that picture. I think you've got it right there. It's that, that meme. Going after God. And you're like, man, we have to see this again. Yeah, you have to see it again because there's some that haven't. And as long as one person hasn't seen it, it's still funny, right? So at least that's what I tell my wife when I tell stories over and over again. She's like, I've heard this a thousand times. But they haven't. Going after God. This is how my friends think it has to look, that we have to do it in tandem. We have to do it together 100%. And if they slack off, then I have to slack off or I think I'm better than them, right? You ever heard that? You kind of leave your friends in the dust because you're going after God and then you get criticized? Has anybody ever been there? I've been there. My friends think it has to look like this. My critics always think I'm not trying hard enough. My critics think I should always be doing something different. And so I tense up and I tighten up and I look like, I'm just trying to do this to please everybody. Now, my fear thinks it has to look like this. My fear keeps me from just jumping right in because I'm a little bit afraid. I'm a little bit afraid, so I start to do it, and then I'm like, yeah, maybe not. My relationship thinks it has to look like this, that it's all just fun and games, and we're going to come together. See, the thing about it is that if you're in a relationship that you're not both going hard after God, then you've got to make a decision. Are you going to go hard after God? Or are you going to go hard after this relationship? 
Now, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but I'm just saying that the most successful relationship is not going to be playing chicken in the pool. It's going to be saying, I don't care what it looks like. It may be sloppy, but let's hold hands and let's get in this thing. Right? That's what my relationship. So my mind thinks it has to look like a gold medal winning Olympic dive. Now, if I can't do it like that, I'm not going to do it at all. How many times have we said, I don't want to go to church because my life's kind of messy? I just want to get things right before I go after God. I just need to straighten this thing up, right? You know what I hear all the time? I hear frequently on a weekly basis, I hear, I've just had a lot of stuff going on. I've just had a lot of stuff. Now, I understand, you got stuff, I got stuff, we've all got stuff, right? But if you're waiting until your stuff is over to go after God, you're going to always have stuff. It's never going to end. And if the enemy can just throw a little stuff in your life and know that he's going to keep you separated from God, he's going to do it every single time. That's how my mind thinks it has to look. I have to be all perfect. I have to put my church clothes on and my church face on so that I can make sure that I I portray the right thing, right? This is how it looks most of the time when I end up going after God. Just a big old belly flop. But you know what? After about, I don't know, 15 seconds of red chest, screaming in pain, then you're in the pool and everything's fine, right? Right? Nobody even remembers the belly flop except for when they got it on their Snapchats. Um, Look at this guy. Dive fails, right? Fail army. Don't act like you don't watch fail army. I know you do. I know you lay next to your husband or your wife. You try not to wake them up because you're laughing at fail army, right? Or are we the only ones that do that? Am I the only one or can somebody identify with me that you watch fail army All right, at least David, here we go, over here, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you haven't, do it. Watch Fail Army. Change your life, all right? Not as much as Jesus, but it'll change your life. How it looks most of the time, and that's okay if it looks like that. So we talked about this guy named Naaman. And we're going to recap the story of Naaman just briefly because now I am down to uh, 20 minutes, all right? So we're going to recap this story. So let's see if we have this. And if we don't, it's okay. We do for right now. It says, now Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord has given victory to Syria. We know one sentence about the life of Naaman. That's all we know. I've never met the guy. I don't know anything else about him, but I know this, that he was a commander of the army of Syria, and he was great, and he was honorable. Why was he great and honorable? Because God worked through him to bring victory. That's why he was great and honorable. God worked through him. So first of all, I want to ask you, can you relate to Naaman? Based on this sentence, can you relate to him? I can say I can relate to him because I've seen God work in my life. Have you seen God work in your life? Have you seen God do anything in your life? Can you think back and say, if it was not for the hand of God, I would not be sitting here today? Praise God. So we can all relate 
to Naaman because Naaman was a great and honorable man because God had worked in his life. I can also say this, you're great and honorable because God has worked in your life. Because you've allowed, how about this, because you've allowed God to work in your life. Amen? So it goes on, it says he was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And we learned some things about leprosy. Leprosy was, uh, is a disease that is contracted airborne or, or through particles in the air, usually somebody sneezing or somebody blowing their nose or something like that, and there's particles in the air and germs in the air, and that's how leprosy was contracted. Now, we see that leprosy could lay dormant in your body for as little as three years and as much as 20 years. And that's based on Google, the most reliable source of any sources that there has ever been in the history of the world, all right? So I don't want you to come and tell me, but Pastor Jason, you're not exactly right. No, no, Google said, all right? The point is this. This is the point. That a lot of times we come in contact with things that we know we should take care of. See, leprosy now is not an epidemic. It's not an epidemic. There's only, and I said the number last week and I don't remember it, but there's only a few hundred thousand people in the earth today that even have leprosy. But the Bible talks about leprosy a lot, and it was an epidemic there. And if you got leprosy, you were considered unclean, and you were quarantined, and you were going to die. There was no cure. Now, because of modern medicine and because God has given wisdom to men and women through technology and other sources to be able to, to treat illnesses, leprosy is not a big deal. And so if you have leprosy and you sneeze around me, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go and get my leprosy shot or whatever I got to do to make sure that I don't have this happen. How many times when we come in contact, let's just put it this way, when you come in contact with a thought that doesn't line up with the word of God, the Bible says that we need to take that thought captive. Do you take it captive or do you just like press it down and, 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 and squash it? Do we just think that it's not that big a deal and we don't do anything about it and we allow that thought to just continue to fester inside of us and to grow inside of us and it may not produce anything today but leprosy did not produce anything on that day but somewhere between three and 20 years and it starts attacking your nervous system and it starts showing itself on the outside and you're too far gone because you didn't deal with it. So Naaman was a leper, and he did not deal with his leprosy. Now, I know that at that time it was an incurable disease, but I want you to think about it. And in our sense, we're just like Naaman. We've seen God work, but we've come into contact with things that try to pull us away from what we know to be God. And if we don't deal with those things, then they're going to produce death in our life. And so Naaman had a servant girl. And the servant girl said, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would heal him of his leprosy. I know he would. I think it's very important because this girl was a servant girl. She was taken captive. I'm sure that she didn't want to be there. 
But in spite of her own displeasure, she used her testimony to be a miracle for someone else. She used her testimony to be a miracle for Naaman. And so Naaman, he travels to the prophet. And when he gets to Elisha, Elisha sends a servant out. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. Elisha, uh, one more. Elisha sends his servant out, and he says, go and wash in the Jordan River seven times. Now, seven is the number of completion. In Proverbs, it says that the righteous or the just will fall seven times and rise again. I don't have time to go into it today, but we can see that Jesus on the cross fell seven times or for seven things that ail us, seven things that come against us, and he overcame them by rising again. It was important that Naaman wash in the Jordan River seven times. Now, why was the Jordan River important? I believe it was important. We see the Jordan before the children of Israel could cross into the promised land, they had to cross the Jordan. Before Jesus could begin his earthly ministry, he had to be baptized in the Jordan. And it was extremely important because the word Jordan means to descend on or to come down on. It was evident that this success for Jesus, for the children of Israel, for Naaman, was not based on anything that they did, but it was based on the fact that Jesus has descended, that heaven has come down. And so we see that he had to be washed in the Jordan. It says, and his flesh will be restored because leprosy was a disease that was evident on the flesh. But then it says also, and you shall be clean. And you shall be clean. Leprosy also attacked the nervous system. I believe for us that it's important to note that our flesh will be restored and our spirit is renewed. Amen? Praise God. It says, but Naaman became furious and he went away and he said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely just come out and he'll stand and he'll call on the name of the Lord and he'll wave his hand all over the place and my leprosy is going to be healed. See, Naaman had in his mind of how God was going to get him that miracle. And he said, Elisha's going to come out. He's going to call on the name of the Lord. He's going to start waving his hands and then I'm going to be healed. And then he says something really important. He says, are not the Abana and the Parfar, or Farfar, or Farpar, or whatever we said. I don't know how to say it. it it's, a, it's a word right here, and it means to build, all right? No, it means to divide. So are not the Abana and the Farpar rivers of the Damascus, aren't they better than all the waters of Israel? How many times are we looking for our own way to be better, and we still wonder why we're not clean? Guys, we're washing ourselves in the wrong thing. We're saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to wash myself in, in division because I'm just going to squelch the unpleasant parts. I'm just going to divide myself and remove myself from I'm just going to take myself out of the situation and we don't deal with the root of the problem. I'm going to wash myself in the Abana River because can I do that? Can I just work a little harder and I'll be okay? Can I just work a little harder? I talked to someone this week that's going through some stuff in their life, and he said to me, he said, man, 
I just don't understand why this is happening because uh, I, was, I was faithful to give. I was faithful to give. Your giving does not move God. Your faith does. See, giving is a reaction, and we'll get to that in a minute, but giving is a natural reaction of what God has done in your life. It's a natural response to what God has done in your life, but God doesn't look and say, oh, well, they'll be healed because they gave this much. It's based on the fact that Jesus Christ came and he gave himself for you and for me. That's what your healing is based on. But sometimes we wash ourselves. We want to be clean and we think, man, if I just wash myself and what I've built, won't I just be clean? I think it's important here, and we haven't brought this out yet. But it's important to see that Naaman said, isn't it better than all the waters of Israel? What is Israel? God's chosen people. The ones that have been set aside. But Naaman said this. Aren't these other ways to do it better than what God's plan is? Aren't these other ways to do it better than what God's chosen path for me is? Let me say this, that the river that God wants me to wash in may not be the river he wants you to wash in. Because I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've got going on in here or in here. I don't know what the plan ahead of you is. And so I could stand up here and I could say, do one, two, three, because that's what I did. And it would not work for you. But what you've got to do is you seek the Lord and you say, God, what must I do to be clean? What must I do? See, that's not what Naaman did. Naaman said, I'm going to do these things to be clean. And then you do those things and you do them and you work and you work and you separate yourself and you divide and you cut off and you do all of these things except what God told you to do and you wonder why you're not clean and then you start cursing God. I gave everything to him. No, you didn't. You didn't give him your obedience. No, you didn't. You didn't give up your way. You didn't give up yourself. You didn't give everything to him. He said, I want all of you. I don't want a little part of you. I want all of you. And if you'll give me all of you, then I'm going to bless you more than you could even imagine. So he said, he turned away in rage. And then a servant went to him and he said, look, aren't you glad that God has placed people in our life to help us? Amen? I cannot count the amount of times that I have been acting like an idiot. I know that that's really hard for you to believe. But I can't count the amount of times that I've been acting like an idiot and a friend has come to me and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing this? And then we have a choice of whether or not to listen to them or not. Thank God Naaman listened to a servant. In a moment of humility, see, he turned away in rage. His servant went to him and said, if it would have been great, you would have done it. Let's go to the next one. How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean. See, it's simple to go after God. Just wash and be clean. It's not that hard. Just wash and be clean. It's not that hard. Just get in. Maybe it's a cannonball. Maybe it's a belly flop. I don't know what it's going to look like. Right? Maybe it's zero splash. I don't know. But just get in. Just get in. And if you just get in, God's going to do the rest because this is the Jordan. He's going to descend on you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Just get in. 
It doesn't have to be holding hands with your friend. It doesn't have to be all difficult. It doesn't have to be where you're like just a little toe, and then you work your way up. It doesn't have to be hand in hand with your boo thing. It doesn't have to be all zero splash, all perfect. It can, it can look ugly, guys. It can be gross. It can get everybody around you wet. That's okay. Just get in. Just get in. It says his flesh was restored, and he, he was clean. And then he returned to the man of God, and I don't know what that line says. He returned to the man of God, and he says, indeed, now I know that there is no God. I skipped a little part, all right. Now I know that there is no God in all of the earth except the God of Israel. And then he says, please take this gift from me because the natural response of God's working in your life, the natural response of love is to give. The natural response is to give, which brings us to our second point. Aren't you glad that we're at our second point now that we have five minutes left? We haven't even got to anything new, y'all. It's all right. We're close. Believe me, we're close. It's just too good. Or maybe you're like, you just don't shut up. There was a man who came to Jesus. You see the little heading in your Bible, if you look at it, or on your Bible app or whatever, it says the rich young ruler. That's what we commonly refer to this as, the rich young ruler. So we've got this guy. He comes to Jesus. He says, what must I do to obtain eternal life? And you can go away from this if you want to. What must I do to obtain eternal life or inherit eternal life? But he starts off and he says, good teacher, what must I do? And Jesus looks at him and he says, why do you call me good? See, this was indicative of where this guy's heart was because he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus is all, whoa, whoa, whoa. You said that good word, but I don't think you really know what it means because you called me good, but there's no one good except for God. He's the only one that's good. You can say it this way, there's only one person that's good, and that's God, and the only reason that I can be good is because of his working in me. That's the only reason that I can be good. And so if you think that I'm good, you need to know the one who made me good. It wasn't based on me, I can tell you that much. So Jesus looks here, and he says, why do you call me good? No one is good but God. He's all, you know the commandments. You said you want to inherit eternal life? Congratulations, you know the commandments. Do them. And the man looks and he says, I've kept all of those commandments from my youth. And then Jesus said something very important. He said, but you still lack one thing. You still lack one thing. Guys, I guarantee you this, that as long as we are here on this earth and we are not in the eternal physical presence of God, I don't know how to say that. I need to say that in a better way. But as long as we are on this earth, in this fallen world, then there will always be one thing. There will always be one thing that we lack. Because we are always growing and always striving for, for perfection in Christ. And I guarantee you this, that if God were to come down right now and you're like, just get it over with, like rip the Band-Aid off, let me know everything that I need to do to be perfect like you are. 
If he were to do that, man, I tell you what, we'd be overwhelmed, and I think we'd run away screaming, crying, because of how bad we are. But if we understand that no matter where I go in my life, no matter how much progress I make in my life, I still lack one thing. And if I reach out to him and I say, okay, God, where am I at? I want to buy pure gold from you, refined in the fire. I want to see the world the way that you see. I want to react to adversity the way that you react. God, I want to love my neighbor the way that you love them. What do I need to do? And he's going to say the same thing that he said to the rich young ruler. See, this guy was a good guy. He's going to say the same thing. He's going to say, there's one thing that you lack. Here's what you need to do. And if you will be obedient to that one thing, and once you feel like you have a handle on it, then I want you to go back. And I want you to tell God, God, I want to see the world the way you see it. God, I want to love my neighbor the way that you love them. God, I want to react the way you react. God, I want to speak your words, not my words, but your words. God, I want the fullness. God, I want to jump in and get all of you. He's going to say, great, there's one thing that you lack. And he's going to begin to reveal himself in you and through you. And if you're always striving and moving forward, then the Bible says we are pressing on to what's ahead and not paying attention to what's behind us. And we can shrug off the weight and the sin that tries to come against us. So here, he says, there's one thing that you lack. I want you to sell everything that you have and distribute it to the poor. Now, it was not the amount of things that he had. It was that the things had him. It was not the amount of things. It wasn't the, the amount of money. There were people with more money than him. There were people that were following hard after God that had more than him. But the things had him, and Jesus said, I need you to give up the stuff. Because right now, I say, give me all of you, but you're not willing to do it without holding on to this stuff. So I need you to jump in. And it says a man was very sad because he was very rich. Again, had nothing to do with him being rich, but he was unwilling to give it all. See, I believe this, that a heart check for you, the scripture says this, that where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Where your heart is, your treasure will be also. So if his heart was not following heart after God. It says it the other way, doesn't it? Where your treasure is, your heart will be, but it's interchangeable. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. And what I meant to say was you can tell because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. So if we're wanting to follow all, all after God, we can't do it with a divided heart. We can't do it with a divided heart. For this man, it was indicative of where his heart was. For this man, that was a heart check. For you, it's a heart check. For me, it's a heart check. Where's my heart? Where's my heart? Because that's where your treasure's at. What do you wake up thinking about in the morning? Did you know your treasure can be in a problem? Because that's what you're giving first place to, is a problem. 
If you have a problem that you're laying awake at night worrying about, that's what you're giving your attention to. And you're not jumping in and giving that thing to God. Where your treasure is, your heart is. And so, with minus two minutes, here's the new point for today. Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to talk about the parable of the talents. Parable of the talents. So we see this master. Now the master, and this is a type of, uh, of the kingdom of God when he talks about this, and we see a master, and, and it says the kingdom of heaven is like a master or a man that's traveling to a far country. And he called his own servants together, and he divided his goods unto them, and he gave five talents to one, two talents to another, and to another he gave one to. He said he gave each one a talent according to their own ability. Now, I know sometimes we look at this and we say, man, God's not fair because he gives to one and he doesn't give to another. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever thought that? Man, these people are all blessed and I ain't got nothing. If you look at me, so-and-so got five talents, I guarantee you I'd be the one with one talent. I know that. If they had half a talent, I'd get half a talent. Because God gives to one, he doesn't give to another. I've heard people allude to the fact that, that because of works, because they tried to build something, because they worked harder, maybe they attain a, a higher status in God. But according to this, he says that he distributed the talents according to their own ability. I believe this, that right now where you're at, some of you need five talents. Some of you need three. Some of you need two. Some of you need one talent. Some of you need different amounts because you're at different stages and you have different abilities. That doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. It doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. But right now where you're at, it's kind of like, God, what's my one thing? What's my one thing that I must change? What's my one thing so that I can go hard after you? Once I get past that, then my ability has increased and God can trust me with a little bit more. So he gave five to one, he gave two to another, and he gave one to another according to their ability, and he immediately went on his journey. <coughs> Excuse me. And the one that had got five talents, he traded with them. So he went out and he invested them. It says that he gained five more talents. The one that had two talents, he went to work with it. And he used those two talents to gain two more talents. The one that had one talent, he went and he dug a hole and he put the talent in it and he covered it up like a dog burying a bone and he said, it's going to be safe until my master comes back. It's going to be safe. So when the master came back, he said, hey, what's up, guys? I know I've been gone for a long time. What would you do? with my resources. And the guy who had five talents, he was all excited. He walks up, he's all, master, guess what? I went out there and I started trading with the talents. I started investing the talents that you gave me. And it was a little rocky there for a little bit, but I did the best that I could and I gained five more talents. And the guy that went out and he did what he knew how and he began to work with them. He had two talents and he worked and he said, man, I went out and I did, I worked as hard as I could and I did everything that I could and I gave two more talents. 
The master looks at them. He says, well done, good and faithful servants. And then he looked at the guy who had one talent. He's a master. Guess what? So me, I didn't even risk it. I was like, I got your money. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bury it in this hole. And when you come back, nothing's going to happen to it. I got it right there. He looks at him. He says, you wicked and slothful and lazy servant. I trusted you. You did nothing with it. And he took the one talent and he gave it to the guy who had ten now. Because he knew that this guy was going to go out and he was going to multiply. He was going to produce fruit. I believe this, that God has entrusted us with the most precious, precious, God has entrusted us with the most precious message in the world. And that's the message of his love. God has entrusted us and he gave us all of his resources to go out and to reach this world. Out of this church, we just spent, what do you think, $5,000 on that trip? About, by the time it was all said and done, $3,500? $2,500. You see that, that math right there? I said 5000 he said half. I just did that. I didn't have to get out my phone. They don't call me mathematician for nothing. About 2500 bucks we just spent because God has entrusted us with that money. And what did we bring back in return? Over 200 people that came to Christ. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. It took a lot of hours in an airport and some smelly clothes, right? And ride in uncomfortable situations and a little bit of money. And what did we get in return? Now we can look at the master and we can say, you know what? You gave me $2,500. You know what I did with it? I brought back 200 people that are going to go to heaven with me. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. And all over this world, that's happening. But some of us, we're not all in. Some of us, we hide it under a bushel. We take our light and we're like, I don't want anything to happen to this light. And so I'm going to hoard it. I'm going to hold it for myself. I don't want to give it. I don't want to let go of it. I, it's, it. It's like this. Just bear with me. We're almost done, I promise. We're almost done. So I, I don't want to put you on the spot, sir. And I, I, don't, I don't remember your name. I'm sorry. Andres. Andres, all right. Come up here if you don't mind, okay? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot. It'll be worth it, I promise. So, guys, this is Andres. Mason, I want you to give him 100 bucks. All right? Just give him 100 bucks. Cool? All right. 100 bucks. That's yours. All right? Spend it however. Congratulations, my friend. You can have a seat. Easy enough, right? <laughs> Easy enough. No strings attached. No questions asked. There's 100 bucks. I don't care how you spend it. Eat it. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. Doesn't matter. See, that was really easy. You know why? Because before service started, I gave Mason 100 bucks. And I said, I'm going to call for this at some point, and I just want you to do what I'm told, what you're told. 
All right, so Mason did that, right? Because it wasn't his money. But he was in possession of it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? See, God has given us 100% of his resources to use. Now, I want you to take those resources and just be obedient. Whatever I tell you to do, I just want you to do it. Because you're all in, right? And you know what happens when you're all in? Mason, come here. I have $200 right here because Mason, Mason could have said, I, I don't know what happened to it. I lost it. Right? And then Mason's got new beats later on. Right? But he didn't. Mason was obedient with what I entrusted him with. So $200, Mason. Now there's one string attached. I want you to take $100. I want you to bless someone else. All right? Doesn't have to be today. I want you to bless someone else. And 100 is yours. All right? That's how God works. Five talents invested you invest five talents. And Mason didn't know I was going to do that part. You had no idea. Five talents invested yielded ten talents. Total. Five more talents. And then the servant that squandered it, he said, no, no, no. You don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to take it away and I'm going to give it to this guy because he knows what to do with it. See, I know because I entrusted Mason with $100 and he did what I asked him to do. I know that I can trust him. I know that I can trust him. So sure, he should be blessed as well and he should be blessed to be a blessing because I'm all in, because it's not me, because it's not about me, because it's not about what I have and hoarding it, because it's not about, I've dealt with the conditions that are inside of me. I've dealt with my heart issues on the inside of me. I've washed in the Jordan River. I've felt the presence of God come down on me, and I've said, God, I don't care what it looks like. I'm jumping in. It might be a cannonball. It might make me all red on my stomach because I don't know what I'm doing, but I know this that I'm going to come up out of that water, a slobbery mess, but I'm going to be full of you. And if I'm full of you, then everything that I have is going to be taken care of, and I'm going to be blessed to be a blessing. Amen? All of me. God has called me to give all of me because he gave all of him. And the bottom line of this whole thing is that it's about people. Why do I need to give all of me for people? Why do I need to give one? Why do I need to get my issues taken care of? Because of people. Why do I need to get straightened out? Because of people. And you know what the amazing thing is? When I do that belly flop, water goes everywhere. It looked ugly. And at that point, man, I didn't have my issues taken care of at all. But other people still got wet. Other people still got wet. I'm here to tell you today that you're sitting in these chairs because you're saying, God, I need you. You're here today sitting in these chairs because you're saying, God, I want to be clean. You're here today. You're sitting in these chairs because you say, God, I want to do it your way. I don't want to do it my way. God, I want to do it your way because your way is better. And I know that I'm a mess sometimes. I don't know what your week looked like. I don't know what you did. I don't know who you were with. I don't know. Unless you put it on Instagram. I don't know. Some of y'all put it on Instagram. You probably should have kept that to yourself. I'm kidding. 
But you hear what I'm saying today? We're all in here. Sometimes we're all a slobbery mess. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing. We don't know which way's up. But as long as you're in, as long as you're obedient, as long as you're willing, God's going to take you somewhere and he's going to take this church somewhere. We're making an impact not only in our community but all over this world. Not because we're perfect and we are far from it. Not because we figured out all the answers because we have not. But because we just said, I'll be obedient. I'll do it. Could I spend that money on something else? Could I have spent that time on something else? Sure, could have. Pastor Daniel went to one baseball game. He could have gone to all the baseball games, right? And he could have spent that money, just gone to Dallas, hung out, gone to baseball games. And then when the master returns, he says, what would you do with the $2,500 I gave you? He said, oh, it's really cool because I got to see some of the best baseball games. I ate hot dogs like you would not believe. Man, we went to Heart 8 Barbecue. You ever been to Heart 8 Barbecue? If you have not, go to Dallas, go to Heart 8 Barbecue. Man, we went there. Jesus, man. <laughs> Ooh. I even said, oh, Jesus, several times when I was there. <laughs> Jesus helped me eat one more rib, right? He's going to say, you wicked and slothful servant. Right? Literally. Barbecue sauce dripping off your face. Bonsa hanging out the bottom of your shirt, right? You wicked and slothful servant. But what did we do? What did we do? We said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, but I'm blessed to be a blessing. No, I, I'm, I'm blessed, but it's not for me. It's not for me. No, I'm blessed to be a blessing. No, I'm blessed to reach out to somebody else. I'm blessed to make sure that there's one more person that is not going to go to hell, but I'm going to take to my master. Amen? Yes. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. And so my question for the last three weeks, are you all in? Are you all in? Let me just tell you this. I need you to be all in. I do. I need you to be all in. Because God has assembled right here enough to change the world. But I need you to be all in. So let's do it together. Are you going to have to give up some stuff? God may rearrange it a little bit. Did you know the one time God took music away from me? I don't, I don't tell that story very often. I, I thought for my life that that's what I wanted to do, and, and it had me. And so at that point, the one thing that I lacked, he said, I want you to give up playing worship. It was worship. This is when I was in college. I want you to give up playing worship. And I hated it. I hated it. But it had me. And as I was obedient, God restored that. He let me have it back once it didn't have me anymore. See, that's the thing. 
He'll let you have it back once it doesn't have you anymore. And when I say that God took it away from me, he didn't forcibly take it away from me. I didn't like lose feeling in my hand so I couldn't play guitar or whatever. He didn't forcibly take it from me. But he said, if you want to move forward, you'll lay it down. If you want to move forward, you, the rich young ruler, he didn't forcibly take his, his stuff from him. He says, one thing you lack, I want you to give all that you have to the poor. And he said, I can't do that. And they went on their way. We don't know anything else about him. But I know this, that he didn't experience God full, God's fullness in his life unless at some point he came to the realization that I've got to give it away. But I guarantee you this, that if he gave it away, God blessed him back with more. I guarantee you. Because that's the God that we serve. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody with your head bowed and eyes closed. God is so good to us. Man. If you're here today, you've never received Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior. You never said, Jesus, I give it all. See, that's the first step. We say, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. Jesus, I need you. I need you. So bad I need you. I can't do it. It's that act of humility that allows him to come in. Because we're opening the door. And the scripture tells us that if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we'll be saved. Two things that are very important there. The first thing, we confess with our mouth that he is Lord. What you are saying or you are activating by your words is that Jesus, your way is better than my way. Jesus, I cannot do this by myself. I need your help. And so I surrender my way to you. And the reason why is because we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. He died and took on himself all of my pain and all of my suffering and all of my sin. And he paid the ultimate price for my sin, which was death. And then he rose again. And because he did that for me, I can say with my mouth that I need you. If there's somebody that would do that for me, man, I give it to you. So if today you've never prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to pray it with me. I'm not going to call you up here. I'm not going to single you out, put you on the spot or anything like that. But I want you to say this prayer with me. And I'm going to invite everybody in here, whether you're online or you're watching or you're, you're in the audience right here, in the congregation. I don't like that word, audience. I'm sorry. I'm going to invite all of us to say it as a show of support to those who maybe haven't. See, we don't have to pray by ourselves today. We're a family in here. So let's say this. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you said that for the very first time today, whether you're online or you're in, in the congregation here today, I want to ask you to do one thing for me. There's a, uh, if you're here in the seats, there's a card uh, in the back that says, Welcome to Word of Life. On the bottom it says, Today I chose Jesus. If you would just check that, just leave it in your seat and we'll pick it up. And that would be awesome. And then the other thing that I want you to do, I said one, but I meant to um, go on our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and download our book, I Choose Jesus. That's going to help you get started on your walk with God. And there's a couple videos that you can watch on there. And so I encourage you to please do that. The second thing and last thing that I'd like to do today is that if you're here, uh, the, the second to last thing that I want to do today, how about that? Um, if you're in here today um, or, or online and you're struggling, you're going through something in your life, uh, whatever it may be, I'm not going to ask you any questions about it, I promise. Um, I'm not going to come. There's not going to be one person that is here that's going to say, hey, I saw you raised your hand. Why'd you raise your hand? We, I, I don't need to know your business to join with you in prayer today as family. And so if you're struggling in any area of your life, I want you just to lift up your hands. And when you do that, we're going to join together. We're going to pray today. We're not going to ask any questions. You're struggling. Just lift up your hand today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these that are hurting, that are struggling. God, financial problems. God, they're, they're going through family problems in the name of Jesus. They're going through problems with their kids in the name of Jesus. God, relationship issues, work issues. God, health issues, whatever it may be, you know exactly what's going on in their life. And I ask that you are sending your power to work in every single situation to bring wisdom, to bring rest, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring restoration. In Jesus' name, we give you honor and we give you thanks. The last thing that I want to do is this week we're going to be delivering the cups to law enforcement. And I know that we don't have them physically here, but I'd like to join together as a congregation and pray over those cups. And if you would also do that this week, then I would appreciate that as well. So let's join together. Um, there's no distance in prayer. We can reach those even sitting in a FedEx warehouse or wherever they're at right now. So uh, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray over these, uh, th this gift. God, we pray that this brings uh, supernatural hope where there isn't any. God, it, it shows in such a tangible way that you are madly in love with them and just how much we appreciate their service and you appreciate their service. God, we thank you that you have blessed us so that we can in turn be a blessing. We give you honor and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so very much. Um, you want me to close out or um, let's stay in attitude of prayer. We have a prayer request card right here. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you are working on behalf of the request that is represented on this card. God, that you are bringing your, your answers, that you're bringing your hope in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you are a God that does not give up on us but is always present. And we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys, come next week. It's going to be a super good week, and I will uh, see you then. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you, and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website, and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us, and remember that God is madly in love with 